Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to this beautiful morning. Today is what? Tuesday, right? Tuesday, May 3rd. Almost Cinco de Mayo. Shout out to all of my Cinco de Mayo people out there on this beautiful day. As I said, what a joyous week. Today, we're talking about why it's so hard to speak your truth, why it can be so difficult, uncomfortable, especially if you're an empath, a, a feeler, a creative someone who is very intelligent in terms of their emotional IQ or their EQ, why is it so difficult for us to speak our truth? I find this to be true in my life. I'm sure perhaps it's also true in yours. Other people don't struggle with this, but for those that do, I wanted to give you a few thoughts on how I overcome this and why it's difficult. But before I get into the show, I just want to remind you to make sure that you like, subscribe, comment. Make sure that you follow me, especially on Instagram, where I hang out most of the time. Thank you, though, for everyone, wherever you are, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Instagram, as I said. And I'm also, I don't think I can connect to TikTok just yet, but I'm trying to figure that out. Either way, you can follow me on TikTok as well. So, but thank you for your support. By the way, a little bit of just of a fun update. I, the other day, I spent maybe, well, it was my whole family, a whole week painting my studio. So next door here, I have my podcasting and music production studio, which is amazing. By the way, if you would like to record or to be a part of our beautiful studio music called Victorious Records, then I invite you to come and check it out. You can check all those links in the bottom of this video. But... It was good. Now, the only problem is that the paint, it wasn't cheap or anything. We bought it at uh, Dun Edwards, I think, yes. But, uh, man, the smell is so strong. It's been a week, almost two weeks, and it's still there. So leave me a comment if you know how to get rid of that smell. But it's been awesome to take care of the house. We also worked with my friend uh, Tom. Shout out to my friend Tom. My father-in-law's friend Tom, who came and worked, we worked together on fixing part of the fence where our beautiful dog Daisy has been destroying the fence. So now we just have to paint it and blah blah blah. Now speaking of projects, I got a refund yesterday. Who loves refunds? Not a tax one. We only we did get a couple hundred bucks of tax refund, but by the grace of God, I got another refund that I wasn't expecting. That was actually a lot more than our quote tax refund. And so with that, with those <clears throat> funds, we're going to, of course, give and be generous, as we always are, to family and to our church, etc. But we're going to then uh, get a few paint buckets or buckets of paint and, and fix up the, uh, the fence because it needs to be painted and maybe get a few things. I mostly want to get a shade for that area because it's pretty, it gets a lot of sun, especially at 3, 4 p.m. when we're home and we want to hang out there. So... I'm thinking of doing a few of those fun projects. It's fun to do projects, right? What are the projects that you're working on? So let's get into this. So, but before I guess another little <clears throat> announcement. <clears throat> so I started a brand new podcast that you may want to check out. You can go to iTunes, Spotify, all those places, YouTube. It's called From Pastor to Life Coach. I think that's what I'm going to stick with. I may change it to From Creative to Life Coach, from from the nine to five to life coach, something like that, because it's not just for spiritual leaders or pastors. It's for anyone who is transitioning. <clears throat> you could be in your 20s, you can be in your 30s, 40s, 50s at midlife. 
60s, 70s, wherever you're at, beyond, anyone who's transitioning in this huge, what do they call it? This great reset, not re great recession, but great recession. No, no, no. I mean, resetting. So the statistics are that mostly, of course, middle class and, and maybe a white collar people. But I think everyone feels it the same way that 25% of the workforce is making a transition. Uh, and so I want to be a guide and tell you how I also am and have been making a transition. It officially started last year, summer or so, but it really has been happening for about 10 years. And so how I've been able to make the transition to more of a life coach, music producer, media producer, the difficulty of that financially as well as just kind of identity and all these things and then but also the successes and kind of how i've been doing that so that you can have some encouragement if you are just stressed and you're thinking of you know that there's it's time to make a change but you don't know exactly if you can or how and you're working Worried about finances and all those normal things but hopefully I can be an example to you and by the way if you would like my one-on-one -on -one coaching which is really the thing that I love to do the most then make sure you go to davidtrigger.com slash coaching it's in the, also at the bottom of this video and sign up for a one-on-one -on -one coaching session and it's only a thousand dollars a month I mean excuse me a year so even better than a month obviously and you can sign up or you can sign up for a mastermind, which is a group coaching call. We do it all through Zoom, through uh, all these technical, amazing tools. And we can do one-on-one -on -one if you're maybe in your 20s and you're trying to figure out this new economy and purpose and finances and kind of what is out there that you can do as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as a spiritual person, as a teacher, educator. And, or maybe you're already doing something, but you just need that support to not give up, to endure, to persevere. And so you can sign up to any of those plans, whether it's the one-on-one -on -one coaching or the mastermind at the bottom of this video. So let's, let's get going. Oh, and one last thing. I am in the middle of becoming, I'm already a certified mental health coach through the Orange County Health Department. That happened like five years ago or four or four and a half. But now I'm being certified through the International Association of Coaches, which is another uh, accreditation or certification, I should say, that I'm going through right now so that I can better f serve you and, and further my education as a life coach. Of course, I'm a spiritual pastor and I've been through seminary and so all of that biblical counseling is in me. But now as I transition, as many people want to or are, I am now being certified. And so you can check that out, all the certification on my Facebook page where I have that. And you can see kind of what that looks like. And if you would like to be taught by me on how to become a life coach, what does that mean? You don't have to be a spiritual person, meaning a pastor or a church leader. You can can be a coach in whatever thing that you're really talented in. And especially if you are always someone that people go to for advice, you just kind of have that natural gifting of teaching, knowledge, discernment, of care and empathy, then I would love to 
teach you how to do the same. And for that, that coaching is a thousand dollars a month. That's the one I was thinking of at the beginning. And that is also a mastermind. But that one is more specific to people who want to make the transition and who want to be a life coach themselves. So you can sign up for any of those programs on my page. But anyway, let's get into this whole idea. So I was, as I've been reading, or as I've been mentioning here the last few months, I've been reading a book called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, uh, a medical doctor. And he talks about the brain, the mind, and the body in the healing of trauma. And so, so this won't be a review of that book. I actually already did that in the videos below. So check that out in my on my page. And we're going to continue probably doing more of a book summary. So I think I only went through chapters or part one and maybe two. There are three sections to the whole book. Actually, there are four of them. So, but anyway, I won't go through that right now, but look for that. But what I wanted to talk about that relates to this book is the idea of why do some of us have such a hard time being really true to ourselves, I guess. Truly being just honest with what we want. And we avoid conflict. We'll do whatever it takes to basically run away from our truth because of fear, because of bad experiences. And why that really is damaging, even though it feels like you don't have another option but to do this, to not speak your truth. So let me start first with trauma, okay? Our favorite word. <laughs> Such a cheery word, right? Trauma is, the, the I would say, the, the main reason or the culprit in why many of us do not even know how to speak our truth. Because when we were younger, or perhaps it could have been even last week, you went through a traumatic experience. Now, let me define the word trauma. Most people think of trauma as something that they haven't been through. Like, oh no, that's I haven't been through a war. I never got shot at, or I didn't uh, experience war or any tragedy. You, you feel like your life has been pretty smooth, and that is fine. Trauma doesn't have to be something you experience yourself. It might be something that you observed or noticed or saw in your home, in the world, i.e. pandemic. And it doesn't have to even be something that you yourself think on oh, traumatized. You know, most people think like war, right? Vietnam War or maybe the Ukraine where you think, oh man, trauma, that's trauma. That's real trauma. Or you had a horrible car accident and you're, you have head trauma, right? That's what we think of. Well, emotional trauma or body or somatic trauma, as I said, it's often, yes, it can be physical, but it's often emotional. A, a father who yelled at his mom, a sibling who was always getting in trouble and you tried to help them, but it never seemed to work. A, a teacher who said, you'll never mount up to anything friends bullies in school in fifth grade 10th grade who said to you you're you're an idiot um, immigration for some of us as immigrants the fear of being deported or the fear of you don't belong that's trauma you name it there are so many ways in which the body keeps the score that enters through <laughs> there's some noise back there but i think it'll be okay that enters through the eyes and it gets recorded in the emotions and in the body in the body now the way we overcome it of course is what 
we can spend a whole lifetime doing or maybe just a few weeks or and when I when I say lifetime I don't mean that you'll never recover I just mean that it may pop up throughout the years and you gain tools it's like weight loss I mean that would be a simple example but it sort of is you may have lost weight let's say when you were young or last year and you remember that that those three months as some of the best moments where you worked out and you were disciplined with your eating but then if you want to stay fit, you have to continue to practice those disciplines in the same way when you have a breakthrough in your trauma, a spiritual breakthrough, a, you, you hang out with a coach, you read some books, you go to counseling, you have both maybe a therapist and a life coach, very different, by the way, and you have a breakthrough. Well, you obviously have to then continue with those tools if you want to remain in that focus in that place of focus and faith and power. Because life, pandemics, unemployment, health scares, your kids, your friends going, going, maybe uh, uh, struggling, all these things will affect you. And going back to the title of this book, the body then remembers what happened when you weren't yet skilled or didn't have the tools. And so it may want to take you back to what just happened even just last week. So for example, I have a a friend who I'm coaching, and she had her first panic attack about a month ago. She had never had one. She knew about them. She had friends and family, but she prides herself in being strong and mentally strong, and yet she's been through a lot of problems lately the last few years, including the pandemic, including job loss, including family stuff, and then just recently, a couple of weeks ago, she had her first panic attack. Now her fear is not the panic attack, is the mind telling her, oh, you're broken, you're screwed up, this is going to happen again, it's going to happen again, and you're not going to be able to handle it, because having panic attacks is no fun, right? And so that's an example of how the body keeps the score of the trauma. Yes, going through a panic attack while you're driving, or while I have another client that I'm helping, she's... Um, also in her early 20s or maybe even younger and she had her first panic attack while driving and the same thing it's of course you don't want to experience like like you feel like you're having a heart attack or you can't focus and you're driving at 80 miles an hour 60 whatever on the freeway so of course we want to avoid those things my point is though that's a a very clear example of how the body keeps the score and it and it whether you are super spiritual or amazingly strong or you, you're you're just one of those pencones, you're an amazing tough woman, tough man, the body doesn't care. The body remembers. Now, the good news is that you have the tools to then overcome that both spiritual tools and, and somatic or mental tools, scientific tools. It's a, This is a combination, and this is my life coaching, is uh, a very scientific based on tools and resources as well as a very spiritual coaching that I provide. And that's, that's what's helped me tremendously as I've overcome many trauma, traumatic moments that have happened to me as well as things I've, I've witnessed and be able to be here today to help you. So that's the first thing in terms of why we don't say things is because the body remembers what happened last time that you tried to speak up. Number two, it's because we don't often even know how to speak of what happened to us. We don't even have the language or the words to speak of what we went through. 
the reason why going back to the title of this of this call here that I named it let's see I named it what did I name it I always try to come up with awesome titles but then I forget it myself <laughs> I named this I'm just looking it up here real quick I named this where is it somewhere here you can tell me in the chat what I call this video why do we have a hard time speaking up right I still don't even see the title here there it is. Why it's so uncomfortable to speak her truth. Okay. So the reason why it's uncomfortable, let me just write this down here so I don't forget. So the reason why it can be uncomfortable to speak our truth, first is trauma. Second is because of this idea of not even, I'm just writing this down, not even knowing how to speak of what you went through. Now, what I mean by not knowing how to speak, I don't mean that we don't have a, re a memory of what happened. Or we don't maybe even know what to say, but it's that we may feel like we're not saying it just right. Often when we go through a traumatic experience, a job loss, a, a bad review at work, uh, an argument with your husband, a traumatic moment in your personal life with a relationship that you went through, an ex-boyfriend, ex-husband, something at church perhaps that happened. Whenever we go through a challenging time, the body remembers that the emotions, the body and the mind remembers it. But second is we don't have the words. You may feel so, it's a whole fight, flight, or fawn, or what do they call it now? Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. I've heard of fawn now as another F, which means that you, you basically are too empathetic. You're trying to fix everybody else, like a people pleaser or codependency. But anyway, the reason why we sometimes go into that traumatic response of fight or flight is because even though we know what happened, we may feel like we're coming on too strong when we are talking about that trauma. Like we get so angry because the trauma is and the pain is, is still there. It's unresolved. And like with the stages of grief, you might be spinning your wheels in anger. And I, I counseled another another client that I was working with years ago. He had unresolved trauma dealing with his father that led to anger, him resenting God. And unfortunately, he passed away um, soon after all this stuff happened. And many of his family would say that he died because of that anger. Or that was a major factor in his heart failing. It was the unresolved anger and wrath that he felt towards God and towards events in his life relating to his dad's passing away. So this issue of, of not knowing how to speak about your trauma is, is very, very real. We have to know how to speak. I'm not saying don't be angry, but I'm, and I'm not saying don't cry. I'm just saying the reason why we sometimes don't know what to say or how to defend ourselves when things happen is because we don't even know what to say or we're afraid we're going to come on too strong or we recede, we cry, we, we run from the situation. Or as I said, we fawn, we're trying to fix everybody else or we're overworking to kind of mask our emotions or our negative experiences. Or if that's fight, flight, freeze is we, and this is maybe what happens to me a lot and maybe to you, you can relate to this is you're, you're in shock, back to the stages of grief, 
you don't even know what just happened. Or every time that memory comes up or somebody says something to you that's aggressive and you know you need to defend yourself, you're in your body, you're in your emotions. I don't mean it in that way as kids say, but you're in your, you're in your somatic response, you're in your trauma. <clears throat> and so your emotions may say to you, don't say anything, just freeze. And maybe that's how you're going to protect yourself, even though the bully's still saying things to you and being aggressive, but you don't even know what to say. And so that's number two. And then the last thing <clears throat> that I think is why we don't know what to say is because we don't have freedom yet in that area. We don't have freedom over that trauma. We don't yet have the, the power that comes from God and from your tools to address the situation and, or that person with with strength and yet with grace like the bible says which is something that i always think about is to be wise as a serpent that's speaking of wisdom knowledge tools of confronting the situation and the bully or the 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 words that were said to you with with strength but yet it says that we're to be gentle as a dove and so that deals with the spirit is you have a a spiritual fortitude or reservoir or base that that controls you controls your anger but also empowers you to speak up that controls your fear but also empowers you and sustains your courage so that's i would say maybe the most important reason why we sometimes don't know what to say it's because we haven't yet received the power from above in that area you may have a great skills physically. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. Hey. Excuse me. Uh, no pandemic here. It's just a normal sneeze. Excuse me for that. I hope it wasn't flat in the microphone. I couldn't get to my, my volume button there. But, by the way, I do have a volume button. <laughs> there it was. Anyway, so the reason why we sometimes don't know what to say or we don't speak is because we don't have yet the spiritual power to have the wisdom and the, the, uh, the sharpness of mind to know what to say and the clarity in the moment. You're like, wait a minute, this is not right. Please stop that. Stop saying that. And yet the kindness and gentleness to be self-restrained, to practice self-control, to apologize perhaps if you need to, to come back to the situation with grace and with love. So all of those things are very important to be able to not be so uncomfortable to uh, speaking your truth. And, but as I said, this can be very difficult for many people because we're empaths we're, we're people who love or you know that you're kind of a, a someone who can come on very strong and very abrupt with people and so you have to guard your your words or protect what you're saying in the enneagram this is maybe just a little sidebar here the the people who are in the in the body triad that deal with anger I would say the eight, nine, and ones, if you know the Enneagram. By the way, I'm also certifying in the Enneagram. And so if it basically, it's like a personality, Myers-Briggs, all these things that are more common. But what I love about the Enneagram tool 
an instrument is that it's a spiritual and scientific tool combining both. So anyway, but if you're familiar with that, if you're an 8, a 9, or a 1, these are the body types. They tend to deal with anger in, as their kind of their shadow, as their, or their, un, their unconscious motivation. But what I admire about them, especially the 8, yeah, probably the 8, but all three of them, is that they're very quick to understand what they're feeling, especially frustration. And the 8 is very amazing and skilled at saying and speaking things how they are without the kind of the hangover that the rest of the numbers feel or without the fear or the people pleasing that the rest of the numbers <clears throat> tend to give in to and so the eight nines and ones they'll see something that they know it's not right and they'll speak on it they, they'll confront that person but they do it because they're in their peace back to the spirit because they have been empowered in that area by God, by tools, by life, etc. They do it and you almost feel thankful. <laughs> Have you ever been beaten up? I don't mean physically, but maybe someone who spoke very a tough love kind of thing and you actually thank them for it? You kind of leave that conversation saying, man, thank you for beating me up in terms of confronting words. No, I'm not talking physical here. Those are the people that I think many of us empaths long to be like. Now, you, we will never be exactly like that, but we can learn from them because now, because they have this, that as a strength. We, that are hard types, our strength is love, empathy, color, flowers, beauty. Those that are in the logic triad, their magic power or the superpower is systems and, and thinking and wit, wit and discernment and knowledge. We all have all three, but we all tend to lean towards one more than the other. But anyway, so people who are in the body triad, they're able to confront things in a way that is admirable to the rest of us because it's they're in their body. They're not having a Hulk monster kind of outburst, nor are they whimpering and running away from the situation. They're present. They're in their strength. It's empowered by God. Doesn't always, is not always empowered by God. It does have its excess, but it's empowered by God and it helps other people see, like what the Bible says, that everything in that we do needs to be producing love. Whatever we do. If you're not using your your talent for good, if it's actually hurting someone else, you can't just say you can't just use the excuse, well, that's just how I am. If it's hurting the other person, the group, the church, the relationship, then you're not using it properly. You're being in your sin, in your fallenness, in your shadow. You have to, we have to all, as I said, through tools and spirit, science and spirit, mind and soul, heart and skill, all these things, we have to, at the end of the day, produce love. It says that the ultimate, there's faith, hope, and love, but, the, but, the, but the, the greatest of all these three gifts, faith is amazing, hope is amazing, love is love. And so everything that you do, that's really the quickest test. Did it, did it even if you're saying powerful, quote, tough words, that's why it's called tough love, is it producing in the person love? Now, what is love? doesn't mean that they're going to hug you and say high five thank you for telling me that i need to 
I need to uh, work out more or get up early or get to work on time. You may not think, oh, that's just happy thoughts. But in your, in your gut, in your essence, you know that what that person said to you is what you need. And that's the beauty of speaking your mind. And I would say maybe that is the <clears throat> speaking a little bit on why it's so important to speak our mind and to resolve this thing of being uncomfortable is because first, it gives you power. But second, it helps the other person to grow, to change. One of, the, one of my mentors, about two years ago, I, I came to him and I said, you know, I don't know what to do with this situation. I have these real people that are saying all these horrible things about me. And I was in my wimp, whimpering, not wimp, whimpering mode, like teary and not really, I, I wanted to come on strong, but I was battling with being too upset and not saying enough, all these things. He said to me, he said, Trig, you have to give them a haircut. When someone punches you, you have to punch them back spiritually or verbally or in energy. We're not talking physically. We're not talking about violence. God and Jesus and really all of life is against violence. We have to be people of peace at all times. But I think what I never learned, <clears throat> going back to uncomfortable speaking your mind or your truth, is the value of an eye for an eye, even in spiritual contexts. Because when I do it, I see the positive effects that it has on the other person and on me. But when I don't work out of eye for an eye, for an eye tooth for a tooth, and I work out of you win, you're right, I'm going to run, then I feel horrible. And truly, there is no love. And so I've learned, and, and I've been practicing this now for about 10 years. I was really bad at it, and now I'm a lot better. Still at times struggle, still at times I think, ah, shouldn't I went too much or I didn't say enough. But I'm, I'm definitely way, way better. But I remember the first time that I practiced, I had been doing some coaching and therapy and reading and just growing spiritually on this very topic. And I remember when this, I was in this meeting about 10 years ago and just the same, same old thing. All these different leaders were just going at me. Maybe some of it was true, but just the tenor, the way it was done, it was violent. And I could tell it was racist. I could tell it was just prejudicial. It was just white men in a room going at it to this young black man or the, this, this artist, right? They were just going at it, just using very strong, violent language. And I was, <clears throat> at first... And I didn't even know, right? Of course, you know how you're always, you feel trapped or you feel like, uh, you feel bombarded or, or like this is a, an, amb an ambush. This is kind of what this was, an ambush. And so I came in and these people were just going hard, way beyond, it's supposed to be a professional environment, way beyond professionalism. And I remember I stood up and I yelled back. I, first I used my body then I was straight looking at this man, especially this one person in his eyes, and I spoke boldly, confrontationally against how he was saying what he was saying. And how, and, and I responded in strength, in power, in truth, in the meeting, and he stopped. And I remember leaving that meeting high-fiving. At first I was shaking, of course. <laughs> But I was high-fiving myself, thinking, man, that was awesome. First time, maybe, yeah, I was in my 40s. 
first time I would say in my whole life that I had put it all together. And I've only gotten stronger since then. And, and of course, as I said, there are times that I still have gone back to my old patterns, but less and less and less. It's uncomfortable to speak your truth. It's uncomfortable to, to know what to say, how to say it, to not completely melt down and hurt the other person or, or destroy the other person, which is, is, is very easy for some of us, nor to whimper or to freeze or to ignore and run or fun, as I said, to try to people please and do whatever people want and overwork to try to prevent things. None of that works. That's all just a bunch of trash, all, all demonic stuff. What is of God, what is of the Spirit is to speak her truth with grace and with truth. Grace and truth always. Or my, my baby always says, love, lead and love. Love and lead. To love people, but to lead. And sometimes leading is more confrontational. It's more direct. And you don't have to be afraid of that. And sure, sure some personalities, as I said, are more apt to to access that in their bodies and to most of all to not be held back by the trauma of old but all of us can grow even if you like me have been through things that prevent us from speaking our truth in, in kindness and with wisdom kind of that that the dove and that serpent you can learn to overcome those obstacles to and, and what i do is i sit with people and i say okay give me a scenario and tell me what you should have said, what you wish you had said, and let's work it out. And we try to just play role play and, and go through it. And, and of course, it's often missing the fear that we feel or the or the maybe even the <clears throat> the anger that we feel. But you can still learn by practicing. I sometimes have people write down their perfect response. You're never going to use, you're never going to have a perfect response, but at least if you can hit 50% of what you wrote down after the fact, then you can learn from that. And so those are the things that we do in one-on-one -on -one coaching or mastermind. The classes that I do, I hold, I hold them both uh, in person, but most of it on Zoom. It really is the best way, or it could be FaceTime or whatever it is. We can do it in person as well, but I would say for ease and plus whatever may happen this year still with this pandemic we're going to continue to do things here on zoom or as i said you can join a mastermind which is more collective obviously it's a group of people three or four people and we can learn together and help you through some of these obstacles so that you can be less uncomfortable speaking your truth to your to yourself most of all i would say 90 percent of the battle is to yourself and then second, to your boss, to your employers, to the person you love, to parents, friends, to that person who is bullying you or maybe in, in a leadership meeting. It may not be even something that you're dealing with right now. It's something that may happen to you and it has happened in the past and you want to be more ready. So I'm excited for what we're doing here in this community called Gozo. Gozo means joy, by the way. And this is a community, those cups that I have back there that you see. All of those yellow cups and happy faces. I started this this movement, this ministry, this life coaching school about, man, it's been maybe 10, 12 years. And I called it Gozo, which means joy, because that's really at the end of the day what I want to give you. And what I've received is joy. And, and the verse that I use is, though there is pain in the night, 
Gosa comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. That's Psalm 30, verse 6. So I'd love to help you come and sign up for my mastermind or the one-on-one -on -one coaching. You can click on the links below, or you can just simply message me and we can set it up. We do it through here. I also offer group, as I said, coaching classes on uh, beat making and recording. That's something that, as I said, my two areas is spiritual life coaching as well as music and media production. So I have masterminds and coaching calls and in-person workshops, excuse me, all year long. Anytime that a group of people sign up and let's say we have three or four right now, I have about two people that are interested. We do those classes. I think I think each class, I forget, I think it's 197 per person for a class. Let's say if it is music production stuff or media, we set up a call and we go over your screen and and whatever DAW, meaning your software that you use, and we go over things. And I would say most people, I just did a, a whole media center in a church here in Paramount. They leave feeling empowered and like, wow, I just learned a ton. I've done this for many years. And by the grace of God, it's highly effective. So thank you again, everybody, for being here. And I will see you next time. Adios. See you.